Hello and welcome to Life Beneath the Shallows, a place to explore all parts of ourselves in this human experience. I'm your host, Naya Lipman, a 21-year-old musician, yogi, and holistic health enthusiast. And my mission for this podcast is to cultivate authenticity and vulnerability in a world that deeply needs it. I am here to create space for more realness and connection online. Join me weekly as I navigate the world of health, self-development, and spiritual embodiment. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Life Beneath the Shallows. This week we have another amazing guest, Lily. I met Lily online through our mutual friends, Jade and Zach, who are also on the podcast But yeah, we met through social media pretty much. But the funny thing is we both attended the same event, a fit for service event called Arcadia in Las Vegas. So we saw each other around, but we actually didn't connect at that event. And I reached out to her through social media because I just noticed we had so many similarities and, and things that we related to. And I wanted to get to know her a little better and So I was recently on her podcast called the Home to Self Podcast that you should definitely check out after this episode. I am still getting to know Lily and excited for you all to join in on this conversation today. So without further ado, please welcome Lily to Life Beneath the Shallows. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. It was so fun to have you on my podcast. So many things that we have in common. So I'm excited to see where this conversation takes us. So I wanted to ask you to start out and do you have any morning rituals or routines that you practice? And it could be a daily ritual as well. It doesn't have to necessarily be something in the morning, but something you do every day that you feel helps maybe ground you or helps you stay consistent. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love morning routines. It's like one of my favorite parts of the day. And, um, I'm pretty consistent with mine. I've built it over a few years and, kind of just brought it down to the things that I think are really important for me to set up my day. And that usually looks like, you know, I get out of bed, I get ready, whatnot. And then I drink a huge glass of warm lemon water. And then I sit down and do my meditation. And that's really the one thing that I try to not miss, um, because I've seen the most benefit from having a consistent meditation practice. And the meditation that I do is from a technique called Ziva meditation from Emily Fletcher. And she has a book called Stress Less, Accomplish More that I read probably like three years ago. And that's really what convinced me to actually start consistently meditating. Um, It just is a, a more simple way to meditate. I would say you're following a mantra and it, um, yeah, it just really helps with so many things. And I really started to see the benefits. So I do that. And then I read a little bit, and then I'll get some sort of movement in. And that's like the three morning rituals that I have that I try not to miss. I love that. Those are definitely up there on my list as well. And I've heard of the Ziva, but I never knew what it was. I had I obviously seen and followed Emily Fletcher, but I didn't actually know what it was. So thanks for explaining that. I wonder do you ever, does it feel like something that's easier than let's say sitting down, no direction at all in silence? Is it easier for you to have like a guided meditation? Yeah. Well, this one isn't 
really guided, although I do think she has like a guided version of it somewhere, but, um, but it is just a structured version that like actually, because I've, I've done m- many different kinds of meditations. And I, I also like the one where you're kind of just sitting there with nothing, but it is a little bit more difficult, especially if you're starting out. So the way I started with meditation was through guided meditations, more like mindfulness practices is what you would call them. Um, but the, the book and the Ziva meditation technique is really about, it's for high performers. It's for people in the modern day life that are busy, you know, have a lot to do and meditation. They can't just sit around all day and meditate. And so what it is, is it starts off with a really short mindfulness practice where you're just coming to the present moment using your senses. So you engage your hearing, you engage like your um, smell and taste and touch and come into the present moment for a second through some deep breaths. And then you go into repeating a mantra. And so I think that you can work with her more in depth and get a mantra that's like specific to you. But in the book, for the sake of it being more universal, she just chose the the word one because it has to you ideally want it to be something that doesn't really bring up any meaning or like memories. It's just it's just the sound that you repeat. So you're almost like self-hypnotizing yourself, um, although not that extreme. But um, yeah, then you just like quietly and like gently start repeating that in your mind and focusing on completely like letting go, releasing and just fully like surrendering. And you do that for 15 minutes. So at the beginning, you kind of like set yourself a little stopwatch on the side if you want. Um, But eventually your mind just kind of knows roughly how long that takes. And then you end it with a little, um, visualization or manifestation, if you will, of something that you want to call in so that it, it, cause sometimes if you're in a deep meditation and you jump right out of it, that can like cause a little bit of like a headache or something. So it's a more gentle, like dismount, if you will. And you can just visualize something you're calling in as if it were already here. And then, and then you're done with the meditation and ideally you do it in the morning and in the evening. Um, but I honestly rarely do the afternoon one, um, although it is really beneficial when I do. Um, But it's, yeah, like I said, really simple and easy to understand. And if you read the book, which I would highly recommend, the first probably half of it, or at least one third of it is talking about stress and what stress does to us and how it also gets in the way of us like performing at our highest level in whatever it is we do. And especially for our health and all the ways that it affects us, that's what really interested me. And the cool thing about meditation, especially Ziva meditation, is that it gives your body and your mind rest that is about four to five times deeper than sleep. Um, And the reason for that is because you're like shutting off all thoughts essentially I mean like thoughts come and go in meditation but like if you really get deep into it you get to kind of this like bliss state where you're just you're just the awareness and it allows your body to completely turn off like especially if you're in fight and flight a lot fight or flight a lot like it allows you to just relax more and when you feel when you come out of that you feel way more energized and alert and you've you've just given yourself like such deep rest in a short period of time and that's why it's so effective and so enticing to people that are busy and so yeah I really really recommend that book I've I've told a lot of people about it because it's it's really interesting and it convinced me for sure so yeah
Thank you for sharing. I was curious because I, like I said, I've seen it and I've heard of it actually on a, on a podcast I think she did with Aubrey Marcus, but I never actually ended up researching it. So I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to have to check that out because it sounds like such a great structured meditation. And I love when, I love when they have that aspect of visualization and, and like you said, this, this theme of like releasing stress because stress literally blocks so much of our productivity. And I've actually been thinking about that a lot in the last couple of days, since I started this new job of mine, I was realizing how my work becomes, I wouldn't say worse, but I mean, it, it does. My work is, is not as good as I'd like it to be when I'm more stressed. So taking that time in the morning to do these things and to meditate and like, we think we don't have time for it, but it's actually more important because then we can show up better. And so mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. I really like that. And I'll share that link of the book and, and Emily Fletcher in the show notes for everyone listening. But yeah, I wanted to get into telling our listeners a little bit about you, about your story. You can start wherever you'd like, maybe um, what le- led you to a more spiritual path, whatever that means for you and, and, and what led you to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess to, to take it all the way back, I have a pretty unique upbringing, I would say. Um, I was born in Germany, but then grew up in Costa Rica. Um, not because I have a military family or anything, but just because my mom loved to travel and was very spontaneous like that and so I grew up in Costa Rica and by the beach and I went to an international American school that's why I don't have an accent but I yeah I didn't I didn't appreciate my upbringing as much until I left because it's all I knew um but looking back I'm so grateful for the life that I had growing up because I was I grew up outside in nature and you know, there was just, it was, it opened my mind to just a different world than we have here in the U.S. And I'm really grateful for that. It, it helped me develop in many ways. And yeah, so after I graduated high school, the next um, normal step, I guess, was to go to college in the U.S., which I did. I went to Chapman University in California. And it's, you know, the typical story of being thrown into the next step college and not really knowing what you want to do. And so I pretty much picked out of a hat broadcast journalism, which looking back makes me laugh because I had no intention of ever becoming a news reporter. I mean, I thought it was fun to like speak on camera and whatnot. And I guess I'm doing some version of it now in my own way through a podcast, but Yeah, I I was just very lost, very confused about my purpose, my direction in life, and um, also very afraid of what came next, because not being from the US, I was on a student visa, and I knew that the moment I was done, I had two choices, either to find a job in my field, which is the only option, um, or go back home. And I really didn't want to go back home. I wanted to start my life I wanted to be independent and I wanted to especially stay with my boyfriend at the time who's now my husband and I that was like the only thing that I knew for for sure was that I was in love with him and I wanted to stay with him and not move to another country again 
and so it was a very dark time that my senior year I was so confused about like how I was going to do any of this and you know whatever and so what happened was that I ended up moving in with him um for what was supposed to be the summer after I graduated college while I tried to look for a job within my field and he was working um, in a restaurant and his path was to go become a firefighter paramedic. So he was still taking some extra classes for that. And, you know, that's where we were. And we had, I, I often tell people that moving in with your partner either makes it or breaks it. Like you, there's no more hiding. Um, it's just like you get the full experience. And for us, it, it made things even better than they were. And it really solidified the feeling that I had, which also kind of added more stress to my plate because I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I know for sure that this is what I want, but like, how do I make it happen? You know, he doesn't want to get married so young, which is understandable. And also because of the history that he had growing up with his parents. And there was just a lot to figure out. We were so young, like, you know, wasn't the ideal path. But after spending that summer together, we just, we're so in love with each other and we, we didn't want to be apart. And so we went for it. We decided to get married. Um, but we were afraid we were young. We were scared of judgment. We were, we were just uncertain about the reaction we would get. And so we decided to keep it a secret between us and our families. And we didn't really tell anyone else. And, um, that was really hard because we went two years without, sharing our love and sharing our truth and just holding that in. And we just told people we were engaged and um, it was a really, yeah, it was just hard to keep that like that truth from, from the world. Um, but it's what we did and I wouldn't have changed it for anything. Cause after that, I, it's like a weight came off my shoulders and I was like, I'm, I'm good to stay and I can, you know, start the process now. And, and also I feel like it liberated me to actually finally start, doing what made me happy in terms of a career, which was related to health and wellness. And that health and wellness was really my gateway into spirituality and into everything else, which I'll share in a moment. But um, I found my passion for nutrition, like right after I graduated, which was funny, because at that point, I was like, okay, do I go down the rabbit hole of getting my master's in nutrition? Or do I do this new, interesting thing called health coaching, which I had learned about? And I'm so grateful that I chose health coaching for many reasons, um, primarily the money. Um, and also cause I didn't fully agree with the mainstream approach to nutrition. Um, and so I started getting my certification and we moved to Northern California. Austin was doing his firefighting program and I, you know, was just taking this course and I had a new, like found passion and I was lit up and I was excited. Um, and things were going really well. And then, one thing led to another. I was listening to a lot of podcasts, Aubrey Marcus as well, and, and many others, um, just diving so deep into health and wellness and holistic health has always been really interesting to me because my mom, it's a passion of hers as well. So I, I grew up under that like mindset of holistic health. And so um, eventually I came across psychedelics and using them really intentionally for healing. And so Austin and I went on a, on a psilocybin journey together and it changed my life truly. Um, and I kept that a secret for a long time too, because of the, there's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of talk about 
psychedelics being used in the wrong way and that they're drugs and all these things. But for me, I've always used them very intentionally and they have catalyzed my, especially my, my spiritual journey. Um, I didn't have much of a spiritual upbringing or religious of any sorts. And so I think that contributed a lot to my fear of not being in control um, because I didn't have anything else to lean on and trust. And so, yeah, psychedelics like kind of lifted the veil and allowed me to feel so much more connected to myself, my partner and life around me. And from, from there on, it just, I was obsessed. I kept reading books and just listening to so many podcasts and exploring my own inner self. You know, I, I spent like the next year really it was a very much an inward journey. I was listening to a lot of podcasts and just journaling and doing a lot of this, this healing work on myself. Um, and it was fascinating. And I was felt like I was getting so much more like closer to who I really am and following my path. And it was, yeah, it was a, a difficult time, but also really beautiful. And then the pandemic happened and Austin had quit the fire path. He decided that that wasn't his, where his joy was. And so we were sitting there and, and we'd lost our restaurant jobs that we were doing part-time. And we looked around the room and we were like, wow, the only thing keeping us here is our stuff. Like we, we can go anywhere. And it was this moment of like, oh my gosh, like, let's go, let's go explore the world. Let's go do what makes us happy for the first time, instead of just doing these things that we thought society wanted us to do. And we, sold like 80% of our stuff, packed up a U-Haul and just started driving to the mountains. And I'm so glad that we had the courage to do that because it wasn't easy once we got here and the pandemic was here full force and we didn't know anyone. We'd never even been to Colorado before. We didn't know what we were doing, but we had this like inner knowing that like we needed to, to start fresh somewhere and figure out who we were and what we wanted to do and live a life that was true to us, you know? And um, yeah, so it took some time for that to actually start manifesting in, in our lives, but now we are here, you know, two years later, a little over two years. And I, it's like one of the best decisions that I made after marrying Austin. And so there you go. <laughs> Hopefully that helps. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I noticed so many similarities in our story and you're obviously older than me a bit, um, but the health and wellness is also what brought me into this field. I, I grew up with a very hippie quotation mark hippie, right? Because it's such an interesting term, but very spiritual mom. And she definitely introduced me to a lot of topics and insights and books, but um, coming to it on my own, I feel like health and wellness is something that I also was really focused on. And I feel like there's this aspect to like, for people that are very intuitive and I mean, everyone has an intuition and everyone can be intuitive, I believe. So there's no higher up in my opinion, but for those who are naturally more intuitive, I feel like our bodies start to, to t show us signs um, and bring us into what we need to be focusing on. I don't know if that makes sense. And when I was listening to that, I wonder like when you were, if you want to talk a little bit more about when you were starting the health and wellness field is that something you always were passionate about? Like, did you always like nutrition and eating well, or is it something you came to because you needed to? Um, both. I would say both. I, like I said, I grew up with a mom who 
is also spiritual in, in her own way and very much interested in holistic health and alternative medicine and those kinds of things. And so it was, it was always kind of like a conversation, but it wasn't like it was, it was there, the message was there, but it wasn't like a direct conversation, like, you know, teaching me these things. And so I didn't know, I didn't even think that a health coach or nutrition was a field I could go into. Um, and I think that's part of like growing up in Costa Rica, like we didn't have as many um, opportunities to explore these different things, like especially music and theater and like it was just a little bit more limited in that capacity and so I just it wasn't even in my awareness that that was something I could do as a career and um so yeah I picked something completely random to study in college and then as soon as I graduated but I'd loved cooking I've always loved to cook and I've always had this interest in in health and um especially food and so it was literally the moment that I moved in with Austin that I graduated college um, that I just became fascinated with it. I, I started cooking every night. Also, it's like, it's a way that I show my love. Um, and through that, I was like, you know, looking up recipes and then looking up ingredients and learning about which ingredients were good for us and which ones were not so good and moving my body in different ways and immediately seeing the results of the lifestyle that I was now living, which was such a contrast to my college days um, and how quickly it was making me feel more empowered and more confident and more excited about life and so I was like this is this is it this is my calling it was like such a feeling um and then part of what kept me going with that was my own gut health issues um which had started probably in childhood but it got really bad in college because of again the lifestyle I was living of a college student drinking a lot you know eating junk food staying up late the stress I mean and I was taking antibiotics for like UTIs and, and silly thing. I mean, that's not a silly thing, but like, I feel like they were just given out so quickly these days. Um, and so all of that really destroyed my gut health. And I was experiencing many symptoms, but the worst one was always my bloating. Like I was like, we started to have a nickname for my food belly because it was always there. And it was kind of this joke, but at the same time, you know, it was really uncomfortable and, and I had a lot of shame around it and, it was a big part of the reason why I wanted to figure out what was going on. And I wasn't getting any solutions from mainstream medicine. Like I had gone in for so many tests and it was always like, Oh, you have IBS and like kind of just sent me home and I just didn't have the answers. And so when I started to look into it myself, I came across so many other tools that I could implement and they were, they were helping for a long time. Um, so yeah, I, I just became really, fascinated and for a while I was doing mostly gut health like coaching like emphasize uh, emphasizing gut health because I I know how important it is it's you know it's the root of all disease and there's a lot there but the longer I went on that path the more that I realized that our health is not just physical like even though the gut is such a huge part of our well-being it's like the mindset, the self-love, the trauma work, all of this internal work is, in my opinion, now more important than, than just healing the gut. Because especially like we talked about the beginning stress, like stress is at the root of so many of our chronic illnesses these days. And 
it doesn't matter how healthy you eat and how much you exercise if you're still living a life that is stressing you out or if your beliefs are still working against you and contributing to yeah just a lot of internal conflict and so it took me on a on a really intense journey of having to learn that the hard way um and that's why i'm passionate about you know helping others kind of skip some of the pain that i had to go through to to get to that to really honor the fact that there was more than the physical that it was going to take more than cuz i i mean i tried everything i took every test and i was working with functional medical doctors i was i took i mean the amount of money i spent on supplements and eating as healthy as i could like probably overdoing it at times but i just i tried everything in my physical reality to fix my symptoms and they it's like it, it got way better after I graduated and then I took it too far and then it started to get worse and I was so conflicted because I was like what the what the heck I know so much about the subject and I've, I've helped a lot of people and yet my health seems to be getting worse and it didn't it didn't make any logical sense like nothing was coming through in in any like blood work or anything um and so I didn't have SIBO and so it was just so confusing for my logical mind but it had I had to get to the point of like almost breaking to get to to even acknowledge that it could be psychological emotional the layers beneath you know um and that's what happened and finally I I got to that point where I was like okay you know what like I'm gonna I'm gonna pause on on trying to fix myself and this like obsession with like maybe it's this maybe it's that and I'm just gonna like look at like my mindset and how I'm talking to myself and the the underlying motivating factor for the things that I'm doing and it just started to change everything for me really it and and you know spirituality has a huge piece in that too because it was again letting go of control and like trusting that like my body knows how to heal itself and that's to me that's there's something greater at play here that keeps your heart beating that has everything, you know, working correctly for this planet to, to work and and breathe the way that it does. It's like, it doesn't take our control to, to do any of that. Same with our bodies. It's like, our only job is what I've realized is that our only job is to get out of the way, you know, and your body knows how to heal. Like, like a wound when you cut yourself, when you cut your arm, you don't have to do anything. I mean, as long as you don't have to get stitches, it's like, you just make sure it stays clean and you stay out of the way and your body knows exactly how to heal. And that finally hit me. I was like, Oh, so that's like internal too. And this doesn't mean that some, you know, issues that we face don't require physical attention as well. But again, it's a holistic approach that I, that I think of now because you can't just do one and not the other. It has to really come together and you have to address all parts of you so that you can give your body the best chance to heal. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like that's such an important aspect to gut health, to well-being, to spiritual development, self-development. It's so important. And I'm really glad you brought it up because um, I resonate so deeply with this journey of healing my gut. I also went through that. And I think it's not uncommon. And that's sad to me 
but also I think that there are, there's a reason that everyone wants to become a nutritionist and a health coach and a spiritual, you know, coach these days. And I honestly don't see the problem with it because everyone's situation is so unique. And so there's a need for, um, unique health coaches to be able to support you. Maybe they've gone through exactly what you've gone through. Maybe they haven't, but they, they understand something deeper, which is that, that point that you made that you can't just heal the surface level symptoms and then expect that root problem to not keep growing and growing and growing. And I think that's the same with self-development work. You can't look in the mirror and say, I love myself without understanding why you don't love yourself and what that belief was that was created at whatever point in time that has stopped you from feeling a self-love, you know, and And with this podcast, this life beneath the shallows, I think the name came so easily to me. And I think it's because I too seek to understand what is the real deep meaning of this? Why are we here? And that goes with mind, body, and soul. And so I love that that's your approach. And I think that we need more, more people to take that approach because I don't believe that Western medicine is not useful. I think that it needs to continue to adapt, however, to a more open perspective and allow clients or patients to be able to, I don't know how to word this, but advocate for themselves more and understand they don't, most people don't have the language to be able to advocate for themselves, number one. And they also don't understand their bodies enough to be able to advocate for themselves. And so there's all these like inner workings um, of health quotation marks that I think we are working towards as a collective. And, and I think it starts with people like you. So I'm really glad that, 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 that is where you chose to take your path and um, the stress that, that causes all, almost all illnesses is another great point too, because I've, I I forget if this was in that movie on Netflix as a documentary called heal. I'm not sure if you watched that so good. And I don't know if it was in this, but I want to say it was, there was somebody who had cancer and, and they were super sick and they exercised all the time and they were healthy, right? They were healthy, so-called happy person, but they still developed cancer. And I just remember watching that and being like, I don't understand, right? We're told that if we eat right and we exercise, we'll be healthy and we'll live a long life. And I think that it brought that other factor into play that your mental and spiritual, emotional health is just as equally important. And it's like upkeep. If we don't upkeep with that and we don't water the practices that help us to feel our best, we will get sick and we will develop illness. Now, I believe that we can heal it by doing the same thing though. So I'm not sure what your belief on that is, but I'm sure you would agree that even if you do develop something that's not favorable, there's still a way to heal it. And I think our bodies are miraculous and there's so many, anyway, so many little tangents I can go on, but thank you for bringing that, that aspect of, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, no, I, I agree too with everything that you're saying. And I love that documentary. It's like one of my favorites. So um, I love that you brought that up. Just another synchronicity. Um, but 
what I wanted to touch on was that, um, I mean, yes, it's, it's, it's so important to look beyond diet and exercise and that's not what we have been taught. And I, like I said, would go as far as saying that that's more of it than just the, the food because your body is responding constantly to what your mind is telling it and vice versa, like your heart and your mind are, are constantly in communication. And so even if you're eating foods that are good for you, which this is what happened to me for a little while, um, looking back, it's like, even if you're eating foods that are good for you, if your mind is still stressing about something, like whether it's not perfect or you are eating too much or too late or whatever it is that you're like stressing out about, that signal is going to go to your body. And now your body is turning off digestion or at least slowing it down because it feels like there's a threat, there's stress to be, you know, like addressed. And so your, your beliefs and your emotional state and the way that you talk to yourself, these things all have an impact on, on everything, especially what you're eating and how, how, and like even working out, working out is a form of stress on the body. And yes, it's a good stress, but if your body's already chronically stressed, then working out adds to that. And it goes to it, it actually does more harm than good. And so I think we live in a world where we've been so focused on diet and lifestyle as the end all be all that people have almost put themselves into more stress, um, on either side of the spectrum. It's like they, they ignore it completely because they don't even know where to start or they do go too far and they put all their eggs into that basket and then don't realize what that's actually doing to them internally. And, you know, the other point that I was going to make was, um, I think a big part of this journey of healing is taking back your power, like you said, and it doesn't mean you don't need support. It doesn't mean you can't go to your doctor. Like those are all pieces of the puzzle, but one of the most important realizations that I had on my journey was to remember that I had, I had the power. Like I, I'm the only one that lives in my body. I know my body and I know that my body communicates to me. And so trusting yourself to make decisions for your health, maybe in support with others, if you need that is, is so important for healing because if you disconnect yourself so much from your own intuition, from your body and the wisdom that it has, it's, it's really hard to heal that way because you are the point of communication, like the messenger between your inner world, your body and the outside world. Right. And so you have to have that connection in order to really form a strong bond and, and follow its signals and let it heal, let it show you the way to heal it, you know? So that, that was just something I wanted to add. No, I think that's so important. And, um, I, I feel like I have direct experience with that recently too, in other aspects of my life. My mom is always telling me to ask myself the questions because I'll go to her for advice, right? I'll be like, what do I do? What do I do, mom? I really don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, have you sat and actually like listened? And I never like hearing that, right? Because I'm like, it's like, I want to do everything else, but that, even though that's the most important thing that we can do for ourselves is sit and listen and observe and find out what's going on because we do have all the answers in ourselves. And that doesn't mean we don't, it's not fun to learn and educate ourselves and connect with others and create new ideas, but 
intuitively, we know what we need. And I find this really interesting because as children, my mom always gives this example, like when a a child falls down and bruises their knee, they'll place their hands on their knee. And to her, the way she views this is like they're practicing Reiki on themselves in a way, like they're literally putting our hands, which is our healing center of the body on their point of injury. And it's like, even though they're a child and they have no idea what Reiki is, they don't know what healing means really yet. Like they could have no quote unquote education of health, but we intuitively know so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And so I like that you brought that up because I I feel like this applies to every area of your life when you're feeling lost and you're feeling confused and you're doing everything except being still because that's what we feel like we need to do. We need to make lists and we need to research and we need to take quizzes and, and go to a therapist and see if they know the answer. It's like all of those things can help, but at the end of the day, you're the one that's coming up with the answer. And um, I just think that's so important and has been really important for me. I know. Yeah. I love that you mentioned stillness because that's like the, the thing I resisted the most on my journey was like being still. And there's something to that. Like if you are a listener and you are, you resonate with this restlessness, this like underlying frequency of restlessness, like you always have to be doing something or else you feel, I don't know, not, not yourself. Um, that's even more of a reason to, to, find some form of stillness practice. And this can be meditation. Like we talked about, it can go going, like it can be just going on a walk outside without any listening to anything or talking on the phone. I mean, whether that's yoga for you, whatever it is, it's like stillness is free. And it's probably one of the most healing things you can do on so many levels. Um, our modern world is so fast paced and there's always something to look at. And especially now with social media, like there is so much information and like stimuli coming to us and into us at all times that we have become like, that has become normal. But then we wonder why we can't sleep well, why we're not connected to our intuition, why our bodies are malfunctioning, you know, all why we don't know ourselves on a deeper level. Like, all of those answers are within you. Like that is not just a cliche thing. It's like, you do have all the answers within you for yourself, for your evolution, but they are whispers. They're, they're the tiny nudges. And you can only really connect to that if you find stillness every once in a while. And it has given me so much peace because I feel like when I am restless, it's like, I'm, I'm looking for that feeling of satisfaction of feeling productive, of feeling worthy of feeling confident, whatever it is. And yet it doesn't come from doing more. It's like, especially when I'm in that, like, Oh my God, it's like this, like frantic energy, even if it's subtle, but it's like, gotta, gotta do, do, do. And what I resist the most in that moment is to just find some stillness. And yet that's the, that's exactly what I need. And if you can push through the initial discomfort of that, you can reach a point of such surrender where your body just relaxes and your mind quiets and you can find the clarity you've been looking for, like ask the questions like your mom says, and then 
find stillness and see what comes through because it will, you know, it's like, you just can't hear it. If there's so much noise in your head and in your body, like so much movement, it's like chaos in the moment. It's like the water finally finds stillness and that's like peace. And that's when the answers come through. I definitely agree. I feel like, um, another thing that came up for me as you were saying that is sometimes when I am asking for clarity from God source, whoever you relate to as your higher power, whenever I'm sitting and I want clarity, sometimes I've noticed that taking away the specifics can help because we oftentimes want to know exactly what's going on. We have a, Tony Robbins talks about this. We have a need for certainty in our lives. Some people don't need it as much. Some people are okay with the uncertainty. They're okay with spontaneity. And that's why they choose more adventurous lifestyle, right? And then there's people who are like, they need to know what they're eating tomorrow morning for breakfast, you know, what they're doing for work, what they're doing for Christmas, what they're getting for their boyfriend for, you know, they need to have the details and, and that's okay. But when you're, you can become conscious that you're either that person or the, the person that's more comfortable with it or uncomfortable with it, you start to realize that by keeping it a little bit broad, like for example, if you feel lost in your career path, instead of saying, what do I need to do exactly for my career? I feel like something that's come up for me at being this young is keeping it open-ended. So keeping my values and how I want to feel the at the forefront mm-hmm. of my mind. So when I'm still, and I'm asking that question of like, what am I doing, God? What, why am I here? I start to focus on, I know that I want to live a life where I'm contributing. I know that I want to live a life where I am joyful every day, where I'm laughing, you know, and, and I start to pinpoint the deeper things that I want to get out of all my goals. And with manifestation, I'm sure you've heard of this as well. It's like, there's two ways to manifest. You can get really insanely specific Or you can keep it focused on your feelings and what you want to feel when you get that. Because essentially, when you do that, you can bring that into the present and feel it right now. And it's like you've already won the game. And once you achieve that goal, you, you know, it's just such a, I don't know, I just felt like bringing that up because I know that I struggle with that a lot when I'm wanting clarity. And, and when you're sitting in stillness, asking those questions of how do I want to feel if I'm not enjoying how I feel right now, what is it that I do want to feel? And you start to become like this. It's just a good practice of self-love and observing. Yeah, no. And that's, there's something to that because um, we don't, I, I would say that we don't actually want the things that we think we want for the reasons that we think we want them. Like we don't want all of the abundance and all of this money in our bank accounts, just because there's a high number in your bank account. The reason that we want tangible things in life is because of the feelings we think that they're going to bring us. And so doing that is actually really powerful because you're skipping over the step of the how, which we're never in control of the, how it's going to come. It's just, that's not in, in, that's where I think that God or the universe or the higher power that you choose to believe in is like at play in your life. Um, because I really think life is for your spiritual evolution and not just for you to be comfortable in your physical life. Um, but if you do focus on the feeling that you want, then it doesn't really matter how that manifests because you're reaching for the feeling. 
So like, if you do want, you know, a lot of money, what, why do you want a lot of money? Like asking yourself that question, is it the freedom of being able to travel? Is it, um, whatever safety, whatever that is. And then like really allowing yourself to sink into that feeling in this present moment is actually the key to start manifesting the things into your life. Um, and you can always, you could, you can always have the feeling now, really, if you, if you practice that. And so that's also why you don't have to wait to be happy when you have the life that you think you need, because the feelings can come here and now, and it's a practice, but it's definitely, that's, I would say the only way, because this is the only moment that exists. So it's like, can you be happy now and just sink into the feelings that you want? And then ironically, that's when the the life will actually start to unfold for you too. Yeah, I love that. It reminds me of this. I don't know if it was a TikTok or something I saw online. And it was a young girl saying, I'm so sad that I became so spiritual at such a young age because it actually almost reduced my need to produce and achieve. And I'm more okay with not being anything, quotation mark, or anyone. And I resonated with that so deeply because I've had this framework since I was a young kid. And by having this framework, it was so contradicting. It was like, why do I need fame and success and money and power and and likability if I know that none of that really is what I'm wanting, if, if there's something deeper that I'm wanting, right? And so it's like this push and pull because I know that I still have a desire to do a lot and have a big impact on the world, but the spiritually connected part of me is like, I'm actually fine with where I'm at now, but it's like, I can't be okay with that. There's still that part of me that is like, no, but that's not good enough. Right. It's not good Mm -hmm. enough to just be okay right now with where you're at. And, and so I find that really interesting. And I think that the answer to that is really balance and realizing that you can still, the fun part of life, the fun part of being a human is creating and exploring and building. And so when you can realize that it's all for the fun of it and take the seriousness out of it and the the press the pressure to achieve, I think that is where you've kind of sort of learned how to play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's exactly what I was gonna say is like you have the human game and then you have like the spiritual game, I guess. Um and I think the problem arises or not the problem, but the, the way, the reason people suffer so much is because they become way too attached to the human game of thinking that like they have to become something or someone and create something in order to feel worthy, loved, happy, whatever. But I think it's some, it's really beautiful to, especially at such a young age to know that both are part of the journey and that, deep within you you are already perfect you're already okay you don't need anything outside of yourself because that liberates you from the pressure of feeling like you need to you have to you should you know those words that are very there's a lot of pressure there and that drives people mad so when you can release yourself from from that pressure knowing that you're already you're already okay exactly right here without anything needing anything but then also knowing that like you are on this earth to have fun, to create, to express, to be, to build, you know, and you are given unique gifts and unique skills to 
to create to to play really so remembering that both are there and remembering that you are not the things that you are doing or what you're creating or your job title but you are just the person playing that game that makes it fun you know because then it's like there's a quote by peter crone that says um something along the lines of um totally committed completely unattached and how you can hold both you know you're completely committed to creating an awesome life for yourself to being of service to building your dreams but you're unattached to the result because you know that that's not where your worth comes from that's not what determines who you are as a person you know and so that's that's a really fun fun it becomes a fun game when you can view it that way yeah totally i really agree with that and i i feel like this is um, so divinely synchronistic that we're talking about it. Cause I'm definitely in one of those eras of my life where, where I'm having that realization more and more throughout the day. Um, especially with work that's not in line with my passion, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. I have to remind myself that, um, that it's a tool and that it's a choice and that I don't need to feel like a a crappy person because I'm not fully embodied yet. You know what I mean? And, um, and so I, I just love talking about this stuff. It really lights me up and it it kind of reminds me to like, take a deep breath and be like, Oh yeah, everything's okay. We are all in this together, just trying to figure it out day by day. And, um, the one last thing I'll say about this subject is when you were talking, I was thinking about how I feel like we're in the middle of this paradigm shift where we were going from really like toxic masculinity, like drive, push, accomplish, almost like you're running from something. And we're like shifting into this choice paradigm where it's like, no, I can choose how I want to live my life. We have more freedom, at least in this country, I'll say we have so much freedom and so much choice to be able to do whatever we want, especially with social media nowadays. And so I feel like we're shifting into this energetic change of like allowing versus pushing and driving. And I can definitely feel the contradiction. And I think a lot of people are feeling that like, wait, I feel like I should be doing more, but I also want to just relax and enjoy my life. And it's, it's, it's a crazy thing to think about evolutionally, evolutionally as well, because, um, because I think we're we're at a point where a lot of us have more choice than we would have, you know, 100, 200 years ago, especially as women. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's also important to mention that, like, you know, especially talking about, like, choice and, and you know, relaxing a little bit and, and not taking it too seriously. Like, there, it is important to mention that, like, you know, a lot of people do have it really difficult and are in difficult situations where like, yeah, you need to keep food on the table. And it is, it becomes like a life or death kind of situation for some people. And I don't want to diminish that in any way. I understand that. Um, but I think that we can make the journey, no matter where we are, we, we have the choice of perspective and that is a really powerful and free tool that, that I think, is worth looking at. And that's, that is the choice, the choice of how you look at the situation in front of you, which then determines your experience of it. 
That is why two people who have the same physical experience can have completely different responses to it. You know, the half, the glass half empty or half full kind of um, simple perspective. And that is, that can be really applied to anything in your life. And it gives you, it requires you to take responsibility, but that also gives you the power back to do something about it. Um, Because luckily we do live in a country where, you know, no one is holding a gun to your head, forcing you to go to work. And so then it becomes a question of, you know, if that job is sucking the life out of you, like, I understand that you have to put food on the table, but you still have a choice. Like, no one is forcing you to go to the job. If you care about paying your bills, then you get to go to that job. If you really hate it, you get to find something else. Will it require effort and and risk and uncertainty yeah but it's still a choice and that I think is important to mention because yeah some people do have it really hard and I'm I'm not denying that um but can you at least within your circumstances where you are shift your perspective a little bit so that you are able to express a little bit more gratitude and therefore like change your state which then helps to attract better circumstances to your life and that is that is a tool we all have access to. So I'm not saying it's easy, but it it is available to us at least over here in the in the United States. Yes, that's such a powerful tool. Perspective is 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 everything. It it's it what's it's what shapes our experience, like you were saying. And I really liked that that visualization of if you take two people who are raised in the same household or two people raised in the same town. Um, and you you follow the differences in why one became quote unquote more successful than the other. It's it's their mindset. It's it's how they view the world. It's how they deal with quote unquote failure. It's how they deal with um, judgment from self and others. So that is such a powerful tool. And I feel like we could talk for hours about that as well. Um, switching gears here a little bit, I wanted to talk about what your intention was for starting your podcast the home to self podcast. And, and if you have any tips as well for someone who might be wanting to start a podcast, start a, a company, you know, it could be very open-ended, but I would love to hear your perspective on that and what brought you into this podcasting realm. Yeah. I'm glad you asked this because it's been such an interesting journey. Um, and So I guess where to start is the reason I home to self kind of came to me one day um, as I was laying in Shavasana, actually. And I loved it because it really encapsulates the journey that I have been on um, and also the journey that I that I help clients with because it can be so vague and it can be um, so difficult to, like, explain in in words, you know, Um, it's a journey of self-discovery, self-healing, you know, a spiritual evolution. Like you are trying to become the best version of yourself and create the life that reflects that. And it was always so hard for me to put that journey into words. And then I thought home to self. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it is from my lens. It's like, we all want to feel safe, comfortable, authentic, you know, um, free and just peaceful from within and life externally always reflects how we feel on the inside. And so I feel like it's a remembrance, it's a homecoming process, um, this whole journey. 
And I had been thinking about starting a podcast for like three years. It's just been a thought in the back of my mind for so long. Um, I love listening to podcasts, my favorite way of, of getting information and um, spending my, my free time really. Um, and I also have a passion for having deep conversations just like you. And so I, yeah, I just knew I wanted to start a podcast, but I had so much fear and so much doubt around actually starting it. And so I used the excuse, I mean, every excuse, but primarily like, I don't know for a while it was like, I don't know what to call it. I don't know what graphic to put. I don't know how to explain what the podcast is about. Like all of the details were stopping me, which has been a pattern in my life for a long time. It's just like perfectionist tendency, you know, feeling like I need to have it all figured out before I hit record. And I finally, I actually recorded my first episode last year in March. Um, I was just like, I'm going to start. And so I recorded an episode and never published it. Cause I was like, just, I couldn't do it. I was like, no, this is terrible. I can't do it. I'm not ready, whatever. So then a whole year went by and around the same time, again, like the following year, I, I got the little impulse again to just start. And I finally was ready enough to at least like take action on that nudge that I'd felt for my intuition. And so I sat down and I told myself, look, I'm going to start this thing and purposely let it be imperfect because I, for my own sake, need to like break the perfectionist tendencies and allow myself to be a beginner at something, which I think is where a lot of us get caught up in doing something that we know we want to do. It's like, we think we have to be perfect at it the moment that we start. And that's just not realistic. Like we all know that. And yet there's still something stopping us. And I think that the only thing that actually breaks that is, is doing it, like doing the thing that scares you and letting yourself be seen in a light that is not yet perfect. And so I did that. I, I purposely didn't, um, have any intro music. I didn't have an intro at all. And I, I just flat out was like, yeah, I'm starting this podcast and I don't know what it's going to turn into. And I don't have this and I don't have that. And I don't care. And I just hit publish. And it was such a big moment for me because I'd finally interrupted that pattern. And here I am, you know, like 17 episodes in and I look back and I'm just so grateful that I started it because I always think about like, what if I would have started a year ago? Where would I be today? You know, and there's no perfect time. There's, you're never going to feel ready until you actually just do it and prove to yourself that you are ready and letting yourself. Yeah. Just, just learn along the way. Like that's, we just live in such a society where we're so afraid of judgment and being showing our imperfections, but that's exactly what makes us human. That's what connects us, you know? And I wanted to share those vulnerable raw conversations about this whole journey that I've been on and that other people are on. And so that was that. Um, so yeah, I would just tell people to, to, to start, start like, no, like claim the fact that it's going to be imperfect. I mean, perfection is even like what it, perfection is different for everyone. So it's not even something you should pay attention to, but if that is something that has held you back in the past, like tell yourself, I'm going to start this and it's not going to be, it's not going to be great, but like I'm ready because if you weren't ready, you wouldn't even have the thought or the feeling to do something, you know, it's given to you in the moment when it's ready for you. And it's scary because it is meant to grow you. It's meant to expand you. 
But if it's, I heard once, if it's scary and exciting at the same time, that's how you know you should go for it. So just do it. You know, you have everything you need. There's never going to be a right time. And you could literally be living the life of your dreams in a year from now or less if you just committed to what it is that you're feeling called to do. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. And I also just think it's so funny. Again, the synchronicity, I'm pretty sure we started around the same time, same number of podcast episodes. And my, my intention was pretty much the same thing. It was to create a a platform where I could have deep conversations with people, inspire people and be imperfect. And, um, I think that that's such a, such a gift to give to people listening because I was in the exact same space. I, I knew I wanted to start a podcast. Um, and I was so worried about the details. I was so worried about how I was going to be perceived because I'm a very judgmental. I'm not anymore, but I was a very judgmental person and I would notice details. And I was like, I don't want anyone to judge me for not being put together, whatever that was. And I did the same thing. I took out my iPhone And I recorded the first uh, episode on like my voice memos and it sat for a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? Like F it, like I'm just going to post it. And, and, and the cool thing is that because my podcast is about being imperfect and being vulnerable, it's like, no one can judge me. And if they do, it's like, whatever, like I'm, I'm sharing that this is my intention. So I kind of gave myself this beautiful like platform, which I'm sure you have as well to like be able to be messy and vulnerable and honest. And I just think that's so beautiful. And we need more of that on the internet and in the world. And so, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that with everyone. I was going to say, it's a beautiful platform for authentic conversations. You know, it's, I, I resonate less and less with like the short form bites on social media on like Instagram and TikTok. Like I, I, they're good for, for certain things, but sometimes I just want to explain more and go there. And that a lot like this podcasting allows for that. So I'm grateful that we both went for it because that's exciting. Yeah, definitely. It's such a fun, it's such a fun platform to share on. And it's such, it's so different than, you know, a regular like Instagram post, you know, it allows for a little bit more depth and, and yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I can't wait to hear more of your episodes as well. I definitely started listening to it before we even met and um I had been following you on Instagram and it was just it's a cool way to connect with people as well and and be able to meet new people, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So fun. Alrighty, I have a couple more questions for you. The next one I had was I know you were in a relationship with your, your husband, your partner, and I was wondering if you have any tips on how to stay independent in a relationship. And what I mean by that is, is together, you know, you, you become a unit when you're in a relationship and you become a team and there's a lot of beauty in that. But I know that in relationship, it's hard for some people to maintain a sense of self and, and I was wondering if you had any tips or or insights on that. Yeah, I love that question. I'm so glad you're bringing that up because I think that that's something we forget sometimes when we're in like the 
especially in like the honeymoon phase of a relationship where it's so exciting and you want to spend every moment with your partner, which is great. And I think that there's something really beautiful to that. And I definitely went through that with Austin as well. Um, but especially in long-term relationships, if, if that is the only, if that's all that exists in the relationship, then over time you start to lose yourself and like your own identity, your own, you know, um, journey, I guess. And it's really important. I think that's why sometimes relationships can, can fall apart. Um, if both people aren't willing to stay there and and like do their own thing. And so I think independence within a, a partnership is really healthy actually for the relationship. Um, what I can say is that remembering that you are an individual in a partnership um, is probably the first step. And then doing things that help you come home to yourself, help you um, strengthen the relationship you have to yourself. And for me, it definitely looks like spending time alone, like like at least like a couple times a week. Like I, I really value my alone time just as much as I value my time with my husband. And during that time, not just numbing out and watching TV or like hanging out with someone else, but like actually deepening that relationship you have with yourself, you know, and like whatever that may look like for you, for me, that oftentimes looks like, you know, doing some yoga and stretching, journaling, like journaling is such a good way of you're communicating with yourself you know, other than just in your head, but like actually getting things out onto paper. And so you're able to reflect and ask questions and you're kind of just in this like communication with yourself and your own thoughts, which is really powerful, especially if you ask some good questions. Um, And um, other than that, you know, I really like to um, like go, go into nature, go on walks, like actually just spend time with me and deepening that connection, just like you would with any other friendship or relationship. Um, and then you can even like take yourself out on dates or like, just do things that you are passionate about, not just something your partner and you like to do together. Like, remember who you are. And I think that that also strength, it definitely does strengthen the relationship because this whole, like you complete me, Hollywood's stuff is is actually detrimental I think to relationships because what that's implying is that you're not complete on your own and so of course if the person leaves like you know that breaks you and that's and then you're holding on with this underlying fear of losing someone because you think you're going to lose a part of yourself and that's that sucks like it's cute to think that someone's completing you but it's like what if there's just two complete humans coming together to even amplify that like that's powerful because you're two independent humans on their own journey but then also in this unionship where you get to create something beautiful together as well and finding a partner who supports me in being me and following my desires and spending nights and time on my own or hanging out with my friends. And that's really important to me. And you get to decide whether that's important to you too, you know? And yeah, it's just, it's really important, especially like I said, in long-term relationships or else you, you get like, I would imagine if for a lot of people who are just in a partnership where that's all they know, you get to the end of your life and you look back and you're like, wow. Um, like who, what, what did I do? What is my gift that I left in this world? You know, like it didn't feel like that. And that's, that's sad. I'm glad you brought up that aspect of the Hollywood, you complete me 
theme in relationships, which you'd think that we'd evolved past what a relationship, a healthy relationship looks like. But I think that it's so hard to capture what a healthy relationship looks like even on a, in a movie because everyone's relationship is so unique and and everyone has different needs, right? Everyone has different love languages. So this idea that you're watching things online, you're watching things on through TikTok, through Netflix, and you're, you know, even as a kid watching rom-coms and whatnot, where, you know, don't get me wrong, I love a good rom-com, but the the toxic view of what a healthy relationship, you know, should look like has made us feel, or at least I know I've felt this way, like I'm doing something wrong, like, um, like, like things are wrong when they're really not, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And so I, I really like that viewpoint and I agree with it. And I think that that's a beautiful suggestion is when you're in a healthy relationship and you're two people committed to bettering yourselves and bettering the relationship, then you're going to be aware that you need space and time. And, and I think a, a important aspect of that is like keeping things for yourself, like you were saying. So having things that aren't things you do with your partner, I really like that you said that because then it's almost like you feel like that's your special time. You know, it's not something that you have to even discuss with anyone else. It's just something you get to have with yourself which then deepens your relationship to yourself, which ultimately I think is, is what will help you in, in your romantic relationships, you know? So thank you so Mm -hmm. much for sharing that. Of course. Yeah. I have some rapid fire questions and then we will complete the podcast for the day. So I'll start with what is one thing that you would tell your 21 year old self if you could go back in time? Wow. That's a good one funny because I turned 21 when I was studying abroad in Italy it like wasn't a big deal at all because <laughs> you don't have to be 21 years 21 to drink there but um but the phase of life that I was in I mean I would tell her to just like relax a little bit you know to like there's uh, uh Matthew McConaughey I think has this quote that says like sit sit loosely in the saddle of life and I resonate with that because I rode horses my whole life but it's like I had such a strong grip on life because I was so afraid of not having control and so I was always trying to plan ahead and you know make sure everything was in my awareness and it it leaked into so many areas of my life and caused me to be a very like reactive person and I hated that about myself and um yeah it didn't allow for very good relationships it didn't there's it's so it's like blocking the flow of energy you know um and so I would just tell her to like like relax a little bit that it was all going to be okay and that the more that she surrendered and just took a deep breath the the better things would actually be Mm, I really like that. And obviously I'm 21. So all this advice is, is good for me to soak in. And and I do think that that's such an important piece. And I, I do struggle with that currently of like trying to keep your, it's like you have 18 projects going on at once and you're trying to like hold it all together and, and keep everything in the forefront of your mind. And, 
And ultimately that causes you stress and anxiety and you just don't enjoy your life. And, and so it's like, what's the point of all these things if you're not enjoying it and you're not present? So thank you. I think that's super important. All right. The next one is what are your favorite podcasts right now that you're listening to? Mm, I love podcasts. Um, I mentioned a couple of them to you, but I would say one of my, my favorites that's unique, I think, um, is called wake up with Wesley and yeah, she's a, she's a cool mom, (laughs) but she just explains her like awakening journey and she just has open conversations like these and they're really powerful and, um, she's just a really fun host as well. So those are always good time. And then the Almost 30 podcast has definitely been up there for a long time. Aubrey Marcus as well. I, I like have phases where I tune in and don't tune in. Um, let's see. Yeah, and well, I guess one more I can mention is called Expanded by To Be Magnetic. Um, it's Lacey Phillips is the, the lady and she has a she actually has a really interesting company called to be magnetic and um it's a manifestation like membership platform um that helps you but it's cool because it's not like it's not like the type of manifestation where you just like sit there and visualize all day long what you want to attract but it's actually um it, it includes a lot of science and a lot of psychology and so her thing is um, helping you to become a magnetic match for that, which you're calling in, which requires us to um, do a lot of healing, essentially a lot of like shadow work, a lot of like deprogramming and like removing the layers that are getting in the way of you feeling worthy enough to have the thing. Um, Cause if not, it doesn't, there's no match, no matter how much you're saying you want something. Like if you want a six figure business, but you're, your body is still contracted in your mind. Your subconscious still doesn't believe it because of all the money stories you grew up with. Like that's not going to be a match. And so she has a lot of like self-hypnosis and like guided meditations and a lot, so much valuable information. And I, I was in that membership for a while. Um, and her podcast is an extension of that kind of, um, those kinds of conversations, but it's, yeah, it's powerful for anyone who's interested. I thought that would be worth mentioning. That's a great suggestion. I'm like writing down her name as we speak because that is definitely something I I relate to. And I think that's so important when you're manifesting is that aspect of you can create something, but can you sustain it? Like, can it stay present in your life if you don't believe you're worthy of it? It's like as simple as that. And and I've experienced that a couple of times where I've manifested something really awesome and I've either ruined the opportunity or self-sabotaged or, you know, distracted and, and, you know, obviously giving ourselves compassion because we're not doing that intentionally, but, um, that's such a good, good aspect to talk about when, when you're trying to create something, you have to have that energetic match, that vibrational match with it or else it just, yeah, it just can't, it can't stay in your life, which is super, super interesting. It's all very like energetic and scientific if you think about it you know and and I think we neglect to look at that part of it yeah definitely a lot more to it yeah for sure Alrighty, the last question I have for you is is there any advice 
or one last piece of information that you feel like sharing with the listeners today? I mean, what came through instantly for some reason, and maybe maybe someone else needs to hear this right now, is another quote by Peter Crone. Peter Crone is someone who who's definitely been a mentor for me. Um, he doesn't have his own podcast, but he's been on a lot. So if you even just search his name, you can find a lot of episodes. Um, but I really just enjoy the way that he explains things. It makes a lot of sense in my mind. And there's one quote that has stuck with me for a long time. And it says, whatever happened, happened and couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. Mm -hmm. And I come back to that quote a lot because I think that as humans, we get very attached um, and very stuck in the past and decisions we've made, whether that's five minutes ago or like 10 years ago, we just get so trapped and rethinking about like, oh, I, it should have happened this way, or I should have said this, or, you know, I wish it didn't happen that way. And that quote is, is it's so simple and blunt, but it's so true to remind you that like, whatever happened in your past, it was meant to happen that way because that's, that's how it happened. And us with our mind are the only ones that think that it could have happened any differently. And so for me, it just allowed me to like relax a little bit and like, let go and be like, yeah, you know what? Like, it doesn't mean I liked what happened. It doesn't mean that what I would have done it differently. Um, but it happened that way. And that's exactly how it was meant to happen. If I can lean into that, into that knowing and just let it go, then it, it, it's like this, all this baggage we're carrying like a heavy backpack that we don't realize we can put down and it liberates us. And it, it allows for so much energy to be released for you to actually do and live your life here instead of in the past that you don't have control over. So yeah, that's what came through and it, it's very liberating. So hopefully that helps someone. Yes. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. Definitely inspired me to just be at more ease and take life not so seriously and, and really just enjoy more and realize that as much as we are co-creators, we are just that like we're co-creators. There is, there's other beautiful things at work in the universe that we might not ever understand on that intellectual level, but it's definitely there in my opinion. Well, thank you so much, Lily. I had such a great time talking with you today and, um, is there a way that people can keep in touch with you and stay in touch with your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my podcast, like I said, is called home to self and, um, the best way to connect with me is probably on Instagram. I'm at Lily, L-I-L-L-Y-M, Terry, T-E-R-R-Y. And that's the same username I have on TikTok. Um, and yeah, I, I just would love to connect with everyone on social media. And yeah, that's that's about it. If anyone is looking for a beautiful health coach and, and spiritual coaching. You can also find that through her social media. And I will link all of those links down in the show notes so that you guys can get in touch with Lily. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Of course. And I was also on Lily's podcast. So stay tuned for that episode. It might be out before this or after this. Definitely go listen to that. That was a really fun conversation with you. I like that a lot. Well, thank you, Lily, again, and I hope you have a wonderful day. All right. You too.